0: For the first, like, month in February, I was, like, totally ashamed of it. I was yeah. depressed. I was barely leaving my house. I wasn't telling anyone, like, hey, I have an ankle monitor. My parents didn't even know.
1: Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind to all my interviews only going off of the submission that was written in by the guests so that I can hear the story firsthand just like you don't tell anyone I said please don't tell anyone don't, tell, don't I said, tell. please don't tell anyone please don't tell anyone don't tell don't, I said, tell. Please don't tell anyone I said please don't tell anyone don't tell, thinking, don't, tell. Please don't tell anyone I saw you on TikTok. I just saw an ankle monitor or what I assume yeah. is an ankle monitor That's pretty much the extent I know about you. I know that you have been, you've kind of branded yourself online as the ankle baddie. Am I correct?
0: Ankle monitor baddie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry.
1: Yes, I forgot monitor. Ankle monitor baddie. Um, But your real name's Maddie. Yes. And you're from L.A.?
0: So I'm born in Idaho. I grew up between Idaho and Virginia. Okay. And then because my mom's in Virginia, my dad's in Idaho. And then I went back to college for Idaho because I'm Native American. So mm. my tribe paid for my school so wow. I could go to school. Basically, I could only go to college in Idaho if, yeah. if, if I wanted free college. Um, so I went there back to Idaho and then I studied fashion and business and I fell in love with fashion. So I moved to New York. And I lived in New York for two years. Um, mm. I lived in like Harlem for nine months. And then I lived on 97 Amsterdam, mm-hmm. like for a year and a half. Nice. Um, loved New York. Yep. It was like, I'm staying here forever because why the fuck not? Um, and then I was drinking all the time, working in fashion. Like I'm sure you know how it is happy hour events, networking. That's like kind of my thing. So, didn't get in trouble like in New York and then I moved to LA two years like when the pandemic happened I was in New York and then I was like screw this I moved back to Virginia for a little bit and then I was in Idaho for my cousin's wedding and then I ended up coming to LA but no plans of like living here or like staying here for as long as I did so I kind of like came here. I really liked the warm weather and I was like I'm just going to like couch surf and mm-hmm. like see how long I can stay out here for free cuz I was working yeah. remote job in New York and I was like this is amazing. I can get paid to like go to the beach mm-hmm. and work and like I basically just was on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like and so I I found some friends like from high school out here and like family And I was just staying with them, and then two months passed, and my parents were like, "Are you coming back home? Like, what the heck are you doing?" And I was like, "No, I'm just really like called to stay out here." So I found a place, um, missed my flight home a bunch of times. Ended up meeting this guy who was like, "I have a room," and I was like, "A thousand bucks, I'll move in." So just a random guy. Um, yeah, like friend of a friend. Okay, my New York friends were here visiting, so then. Um, They were his friend, and I was like, sure, why not? Yeah. So I moved in there at Echo Park, Uh and then I got kicked out of that place after a month because I stole my roommate's rental car. That'll get you kicked out. (laughs) And so then I ended up living, um, like, on the west side, um, like, outside of Santa Monica. And I've been here for a year and a half, and my original plan was – I don't know I had no plan so I stayed in Santa Monica on the west side and I was dog sitting house sitting taking care of a dog I was unemployed for a year Mm -hmm. so this is 2020 and I was getting New York unemployment which was like 700 dollars a week yeah it was great everyone was like benefiting off of that so I was like now is my time so I took care of a dog and basically I just got to like walk the dog, get my coffee in the morning, like look for rich hot dads to like hopefully date. I didn't find any, but um, I did that for a year and I had a lot of free time. And so that's when like I was partying here and I got in trouble and basically I had too much free time and I was just like then I got in trouble and
1: then I got the ankle monitor. Okay, wait, pause. Oh, okay. yeah, let's, let's, because yeah. that's yeah. like okay. obviously going to be the big reveal. But and I'm so excited to understand <laughs> how we get there. Um, yeah. But we'll slow down for a second. So I okay. I did see on, so on your Instagram, it says you're seven months sober. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Which, first of all, well, congratulations. That really is a Thank big deal. You. Leading up to everything that we're about mm-hmm. to hear, like you're. Yeah. Were you a goody two-shoe growing up? Like, or were you always kind of this badass? Like, when did you start getting into drinking and partying and all that stuff? Or is this just, like, out of nowhere?
0: Um, No, definitely. So my parents had me when they were very young, like, 20s. And then they got divorced right away. I grew up mostly with my mom. So I didn't really have a dad around, Mm -hmm. like, to discipline me or to, like he wasn't in the house. So I was like, no dad, no rules. Mm -hmm. So basically it started when I was 16. Um, I just decided that I was going to do whatever I wanted and just like, I don't know, disregard everyone else. So at 16, I started partying and partying in high school and we would like go to these parties and like end up having to run away from the cops And we were always getting drunk. Like, me and my friends would buy, like, a whole gallon of, um, Burnett's alcohol. And I would, like, we would mark, like, the amount of shots we would take before we went out. And sometimes, like, the goal was, like, to be blacked out before we left the house. Yeah. And so my mom would, like, come in. We are taking shots. She would, like, hide the alcohol. She would take the alcohol. She would yell, um... So it started around sixteen, the drinking, the partying, the like staying out late. I would lie to my mom. Are you close I with your mom her. now? Yeah, we're pretty close. Um, it didn't it it just like I would always lie to her and it wasn't until like one day I came home she like kinda like tackled me to the ground, and was like, Stop lying to me and I was mm-hmm. like, Okay. So I would tell her I'm going to a party and she would be like, No. And I would be like, Yeah, and I would just stay out all night. And so basically the partying and drinking started there. I went to college Mm -hmm. and I was 18 alone in Idaho. I think my cousin, my cousin was a senior and a senior there, but I don't think I ever saw her. And I was like, this is the only time I'm going to be allowed to like party my ass off and like, like no responsibilities. (laughs) So I went to the extreme in college. I blacked out a lot. I would, I joined a sorority And my sorority was like, when you go out, like, don't tell anyone that you're Delta Zeta. And for me, I, so I went out to all the fraternities and I was like, I'm a Delta Zeta. I'm the coolest Delta Zeta that you'll ever meet. Like, they're all boring and lame and like, look at me. (laughs) And I would just do, like, I would hear things that I did and I would be like, that wasn't me. Um, Like, I would get... Blackballed from fraternities. I'm blackballed from like almost all of them at the University of Idaho. A lot of people know me um, just because of like me being drunk and getting blacked out. Like I don't know, showing my boobs, like laying on a pool table, saying "Crucify me." Did that you happened think my first week that you had a
1: drinking problem? Like to this day, do you think you had a drinking um, problem? Do you think you have a drinking problem?
0: I. I kind of, like, knew when I was, like, 16 or 18, I knew. Because, like, when I would drink, I would just want to keep going. And yeah. I knew, like, okay, like, well, I better get all of this out. So, that's why in college, I kind of knew. I was like, now, this is the only time I'll be allowed to drink, like, an excessive amount with, like, little to no responsibility or consequences. Uh-huh. Um, and so, that's why I guess I did it so much. I... I kind of like always knew deep down, Mm -hmm. but I would never like seek help or I didn't, I didn't even know like what, what would, what there is to do. I was just like, okay, when I'm 25, I'll stop drinking. Yeah. Or like when I'm an adult. How old are
1: you now? I guess I'm 27. 27. Okay. So seven months ago, Mm -hmm. take us to like the week before whatever you're about to tell us. Are you at like your, you're, okay. you're your drinking hardcore, like you're just kind of at your rock bottom, so to speak, or how does this all go down?
0: Okay. So basically this was, so everything sort of for me happened in May, 2020. Okay. 2020. May 2020
1: Wait. Was it 2021? 2021. Yeah. Last summer. Last summer. Not and peak of COVID, the year after peak of COVID.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this was May. I was, I want to say unemployed. Mm-hmm. I was unemployed. And I actually started a podcast in January of that year mm-hmm. called the F-Boy Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, every single guy I date is a fuck boy. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck them. I'm going to make a whole podcast about it. So that's what I was doing. And that was fun. But anyways, I don't do it anymore. But I met a lot of people during that time, and basically what I was trying to do is, like, just my podcast, like, and I have a fashion brand. So I was just trying to do those two, like, you know, solo. Um, didn't have 9 to 5, didn't have any jobs. So I was yeah. drinking and partying and not, I, I don't want to say, like, okay, it was kind of excessive, like, every other day or sometimes every day. So I was actually with a high school friend and her boyfriend, like, catching up at Santa Monica Proper Hotel. Uh-huh. And we were just having sushi, having some drinks, like catching up with the old friend. But actually like during this time, I was drinking and driving because in LA, like cops like rarely pull you over and there's like kind of like no cops anywhere. Um, but this was Memorial Day weekend. So for some reason, my friend and her boyfriend were like, okay, we're going to dinner. Like we already have reservations, like bye. So I thought it would be a good idea to drive to Hollywood to see this F-boy that I was seeing, making out with. Um, So I decided to drive to his house. And on the way there, like I was, I don't even want to say I was like blacked out, but I had five or six drinks. I was actually speeding. I was going like 90 or 100 because two days before that I was riding in this guy's Lamborghini and he was going like 120 on the highway. So I was like, I could do that. That's fun. I can't believe you.
1: How far did you make it from Santa Monica? I
0: I honestly ended up like in Van Nuys. I missed my exit like probably three times. And so just speeding. And then I saw a cop behind me and there was a bus right here. So I like went in front of the bus and the cop was like behind the bus. And I was like, Oh, I lost him. And then I had to like pull off the exit and The cop pulled me over. I, like, didn't want to come out of the car. I was – my windows were rolled up. He was like, I'm going to break your window. I was calling, like, dudes, and I was like, please come and save me. Like, I thought I could get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I got out of the car – and I really had to pee, and they were trying to do, like, the sobriety test. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to pee. I can't do it. Like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And there was some random dude standing, like, outside of his apartment. And I was like, can I use your bathroom? And he's like, yeah. And the cops were like, no. And I was like, at this point... Okay, so at this point, also, my hair was two different colors, blonde and brown. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was, like, purple, but um, you get the point. Like, yeah. basically, I turned into like Harley Quinn Mm -hmm. and I was yelling I was screaming and I was like you're not letting me use the bathroom like what the fuck and so um I was like I can't do the sobriety test because I have to pee like I'm not doing it and then they tried to do the breathalyzer I was like nope not doing it so then I was yelling and they were trying to like put put my hands behind my back and mm-hmm. i was like no and i was just like no and they were like trying to put my hands behind my back and they couldn't and i was like do you guys like even work out like <laughs> i can give you my personal trainer's phone number like what's good like do you work out and i was just talking a lot of shit yeah and so more cops came and then amazing
1: um, that they need- needed so many cops
0: to restrain you yeah yeah, so they put me in the handcuffs and then they put me in the car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, by the time they like got me or whatever, it, there were like five cop cars and like eight cops. Mm-hmm. So they like tackled me to the ground. Like cars are driving by, like recording. I'm I'm really surprised I haven't seen it like the footage anywhere. But yeah, so they get me in the car and I think they put me in like not a cop car because somehow like I got out of the handcuffs easily because my wrists are really small. And I just had so much like adrenaline, and like I was like whatever. So I got out of the handcuffs. I opened the car door on the highway. And I like um we were like on the side of the highway, or like we were pulled off at an exit, got so it. we weren't on the highway at all. So I like get out of the car and I try to like run away, and um that didn't work out. So then they put me again in a different cop car. Well, how did they catch um, you?
1: They just ran after I them. didn't get
0: I didn't get very far. Yeah. Okay. And so then they handcuffed me again. They put me in the cop car. They put, like, the chains, like, on my legs and stuff. Like, I get out of, like, I got out of it again. So I got out of handcuffs twice. And then by the time I was arrested, like, there was a cop car, and like, cop in the back seat with me. And I was like, don't fucking touch me. Like, don't fucking look at me. And so then... Yeah, resisted arrest. I might, may or may not have kicked a cop, um, like, on the way down when they were tackling me. Like, I kicked one.
1: Do they have body and cam then, footage of all this? Like, have you seen the body cam footage? Oh,
0: I'm sure. But, like, my lawyer, I got a lawyer, obviously. And yeah. so I never saw the footage. Um, It didn't get to that point because if they saw the footage, I probably would have gotten more charges. I don't know. Okay. Sorry, keep going. So, um, so then I we get to jail, and mm-hmm. I'm like... It's probably... Oh, I get arrested at, like, 7 p.m. maybe. Like, it's still light outside. So then um, we get to jail at, like, maybe 8 or 9. And I'm, and I'm like, I have COVID. And they were, like, we have to go to the hospital and, like, give you a rapid test. You so didn't actually have COVID, though.
1: Hosp- so you were trying to, like...
0: No, I was avoiding, okay. like, jail, like, sitting there at all costs. Because I know I would be sitting there till like, 5, 6 yeah. p.m. So then we go to the hospital and... I kept saying like I'm not doing anything until the sergeant gets here so we go to the hospital and we did the COVID test that took three hours we were there for three hours oh my the sergeant God. comes and uh still I'm like shit talking all the other cops I'm like is your wife cheating on you like your shoes untied and I was just being like absolutely crazy like like Harley Quinn, kind of crazy, mm-hmm. and um, then the sergeant came and he put zip ties on my hands. And then COVID test came back; it was negative. I go back to jail, and then for some reason he was fingerprint. He was doing like the fingerprints. Yeah. like There's black ink everywhere, and I was like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" And I pretended to wipe it on him. So the cop changed my bail from zero to twenty five thousand dollars and um, put me in the jail. And I, like, when you go to jail, you get, like, a sheet. You can write numbers, phone Mm -hmm. numbers. And I, like, lost the sheet, the post-it note. So then the lady, this cop, I was like, I lost my phone numbers. She's like, you're, like. You're fucked. It's, yeah. And so I didn't call my parents. I don't really call my, I never really called my parents when I went to jail. Like, this has probably been, like, the. 10th or so time i've been arrested because i've been getting arrested since i was 17 but is this the most
1: serious time you've been arrested
0: or yeah because i was driving yeah all the other times were like drinking minor in consumption minor in possession Uh um in college i kicked someone's car window in and i got like a battery charge that got dropped to just disturbing the peace but this was like always a constant thing like yeah but you have a record grandma Um, no, I actually... Really? Everything
1: was expunged up until this?
0: Nothing was expunged, but, like, I had a disturbing the peace charge. Um, I guess, like, I had the minor in consumption, minor in possession, but that's, like, a misdemeanor. Yeah, that you had a misdemeanor record. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't... Yeah, and then to... I don't know, but all I know is, like, some of it is expunged, um, and then, like, the charges that I did get are gonna be expunged. Um, hopefully soon, but anyway, so I'm in jail and then I call my grandma. My grandma's usually always the one to like bail me out of jail. Uh She was not answering. So then all I had left was like this 1-800 bail bonds number. So I called that number and then they actually like called my mom in Virginia, I guess. Uh And then my mom like had to like find my roommate on Instagram and found my roommate through the dogs that I dog sit. Uh Through his Instagram, because I made the dog's Instagram. Mm -hmm. So my mom went to the dog's Instagram, found my roommate, and then my roommate um, actually like knew a a bail bonds guy who like owed him a favor, because he used to be in the FBI. Wow. Um, So he actually ended up bailing me out. Well, my Mm -hmm. mom paid for it, and then my roommate picked me up. Okay. And then that. So at this point, were you there for like 24 hours, or- so I was there. Okay, so it was like a Sunday, I think, when I actually got arrested. It was a Sunday, and so I was there until like six a.m. And mm-hmm. they were like, "You're not going to be able to go to court until Wednesday because mm-hmm. Monday was a holiday." Mm-hmm. So I was like freaking out because if I, I I've never been in jail longer than like less than twelve hours. Yeah, and it was just so gross in there. Um, so I thought I was I would death. there was like a little part that I was. Of, of me, that was like you're not getting out till Wednesday, mm. and but through like I guess uh, my roommate and a miracle, I got out the next day. So um, what happens that next day? So my roommate picked me up, and then I obviously, you know, my my roommate is like a fifty year old like male ex FBI guy. Okay. So and you found was, that
1: guy friend of a friend.
0: So that's actually like another story. Yeah, um, that seems like. A- of how we met but I Mm -hmm. so he picked me up and then like you know I kind of just he was like what are you doing like I'm you can't like live your life this way like I kind of got the talk you know like you can't be doing this you're 27 years old like what's going on and then I I don't know we had to go to the bail bond guy okay so we go to the bail bond guy And the bail bond guy is, like, ex-prison, like, tatted up, like, you know. And he's, like, you need to change your life. Like, if you don't change your life, you're going to, like, end up in jail or you're going to kill someone or you're going to kill yourself. And then um, they were, like, you have a lot of, like, it's obvious that you have, like, a lot of anger inside of you. Like, you need to take some, like, martial arts or, like, boxing classes because... Um, like you can't be drinking anymore. Basically they're like, you can't, like, you need to change your life. And then I was like, okay. So then from there we went home and I had to talk to my parents. It's the same kind of thing. They're like, when are you going to like be done together. with this? We're sick of these calls. Like you're twenty set. you're almost 30 years old. We want you to be successful. Um, Because I never really thought that, like, I had a problem, you know? Yeah. And I guess this was kind of, like, my wake-up call because, like, I was driving drunk, but I didn't kill anyone. I didn't hurt anyone or myself, which is- So that's just Which is, like, a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Because it could have been way worse. So then, yeah, my parents were like, you, like, you, what, you can't do this anymore. Um, And they're like, you need to hire a lawyer. We're not going to- And I was like, okay, like, can you help me pay for it? Um, they were like, no. So I kind of had to do everything on my own. They ended up helping me out a little bit, but like, how did you?
1: Well, yeah, there's a million questions I've right When did you get sober?
0: In all of this, like, did you go so to treatment, or did you go to after AA? that? I got a lawyer. My lawyer was like, you should go to AA and you mm-hmm. should be sober. Mm-hmm. And at least, like, I had to go to AA for court. And so I was like, I'm never going to go there on my own. Mm -hmm. Like, that's weird. And I went to, like, the website, and it was really overwhelming. I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm doing this. So um, I ended up, like, going on my Instagram saying, like, oh, I'm going to be sober for 30 days. And this girl that I met partying was like, are you actually trying to be sober? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, meet me here. And so she took me to, like, meetings and... So then once I started, like, going to meetings and, like, meeting sober people, um, I was like, okay, like, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, like, have a drinking problem. And so I tried to stay sober after the, the incident or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up getting, like, 70 days. So I was sober, like, June, July, August. Mm-hmm. But then in September, I drank again because I was with this guy. I was like you know, bumble dating or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was with this guy and we were at Wally's in Santa Monica, which is like, I don't know if they have a Wally's in New York.
1: No, I don't think it's just
0: like a great restaurant with like wine, like on the walls, like, you know, bougie. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to drink. So I ended up drinking and then I don't know, I just started drinking kind of every day Mm. again. Yeah. And were you still going to meetings
1: or telling people that you were sober?
0: Uh, no, I think I just took a break.
1: Okay. In that gap between May and September, when you relapse, what's going on court wise? Like
0: what, like, where do you stand with the law? So I got a lawyer and, um, basically I guess, so how everything kind of happened when they first like, charged me or whatever. Like, when they gave me the sheet in jail, it mm-hmm. said, like, 69 PC, which is a felony um, for... Um, it was, like, a felony, I think, for resisting arrest. Mm-hmm. Um, But then I got the lawyer, and she's like, they're not sure what they're going to charge you with because they can, like, add or remove charges. Mm-hmm. And so these cops, like, specifically were really mad at me. Yeah. Because I talked a lot of shit, and... I kicked one of them and like it was just yeah they were mad at me so I guess the felony changed into six misdemeanor charges mm-hmm. battery against a police officer driving under the influences realis- resisting arrest refusing all the tests running away and um I forgot the other one so okay, basically more. it was all that so what of my like so then my lawyer was like this is a lot of Charges like they're mad at you. This isn't a normal DUI. I've never Mm -hmm. seen a case like this before. Mm -hmm. Like regular DUI, people get a DUI, Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: they could like get it down to reckless driving. For me, I had like six charges, and so that's when I knew too. Okay, like this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. So my lawyer was like, start going to AA classes, start your community service. You're gonna have to do a nine month DUI class. Which, by the way, like, cost Hmm. $1,700. And then she... He cost $6,500. And then... And then... So that was in, like, June. And then, for some reason, my attorney didn't tell me... um, Tell me this until, like, January or February. Because it was drawn out for a long period of time. Because COVID and, like... Just in general, like, if you get charged... Some people don't end up, like, going to court until yeah, like a year or two Yeah, courts were really later. behind, yeah. it's It was, I don't know, whatever. Um, so then in January, my attorney was like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't know, like, how much of these I can get dismissed, like, or lowered. You might be looking at jail time. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a regular DUI. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, Just so, out of nowhere after, like, seven months of living your life. Yeah. Like, I got okay. a temporary license, Um, Because my attorney was like, by the way, you could technically go to the DMV, get a California license and be driving. And I'm like, and get your temporary license. And I was like, but so from May to December, I was living like a regular life. Yeah. And so then in January, I got a letter that says your license is suspended for a year. Mm -hmm. That sucks. So thank God I was working from home at that time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, yeah, I got that. And then my lawyer was like oh, and by the way, like, we don't know what we're going to do with these charges. I tried talking to the prosecutor. They're mad. They're mm-hmm. really upset. They could char- they could turn these into felonies. Um, you're looking at jail time. And so he was like, it would look really good if you started the ankle monitor, which is called a scram bracelet. He's like, it would look good if you started wearing one of these voluntarily and when we go to court, they're probably gonna make you wear it anyway, so you might as well just go and put it on now. And I'm like, I've never what? heard of that. Yeah, so um, it's called a scram bracelet. I don't know if you remember, but Lindsay Lohan had one. Great. So basically, what it does is it tracks your alcohol. It, it can track if you drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. It can track if like alcohol is poured on you, um, mm-hmm. because it will like. It collects a sample of your sweat like every few hours or whatever. It will vibrate. Mm-hmm. And actually, it can vibrate like 20 times a day, like at any time. Wow. Which was also like embarrassing because I would like be on dates with with guys and like wear jeans and like it would vibrate. It kind of sounds like a phone going off um, or at work. I had to wear it at work. So could you take it off
1: like at any you point? You can't take it off. No. OK, so you went somewhere you. and they screwed it onto you.
0: They basically, yeah, they screw it onto you. It's basically like being in jail, like outside of jail. Like, but the can they work. track it's you so with it? Big.
1: So it's not no. an ankle monitor in the traditional sense of like you're not it's on not house, house arrest. arrest. Yeah, okay. So, it's a blood alcohol.
0: Yeah. So it tracks if I drink alcohol. So basically, I couldn't drink alcohol even if I wanted to. Mm. Like otherwise, if I did, I would go to jail. Yeah. If yeah. I drove, even right now, if I got in the car and drove, got pulled over, I'm going to jail. Yeah. So, how so long? So I ended up yeah. I ended okay. up going to court in February, and and so they reduced it down to two charges, misdemeanor charges that can get expunged in like a year. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, whatever. I was so scared of like going to jail. Yeah. So that, I was like, whatever. I just don't want to go to jail. Um, and then the ankle monitor for ninety days. So in February, it was basically February to May. I just got it off like two days ago or like a week ago. Um, So 90 days of the ankle monitor, three years, like unsupervised probation. Um, And I guess that means also like if I break the law, I Mm -hmm. go to jail. So like Mm -hmm. if I get in a fight with anyone, I can't get in a fight um, because I'm violent. Mm -hmm. Um, And what else? Oh, yeah. So... To have the ankle monitor thingy on was like three hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. Oh my god! You had to pay for like, that. Yeah, a hundred and fifty dollars to install, um, <laughs> and it was like was it uncomfortable? For the, yeah, seventeen hundred for the DUI class. I have like a scar, but like it was like wearing it. Oh my god! I was thankfully I was working from home. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was just, like, depressing. Like, I was depressed some days, especially when I had to go back to the office. I wanted Mm -hmm. to kill myself, like. Yeah. And it's so chunky. Like, I would – and I work out, so, like, I I still had to go to the gym, but I would cover it with, Mm -hmm. like, an ace bandage thing. And then, um, like, my outfits were limited. I couldn't wear, like, over-the-knee boots. And, like, for Mm -hmm. me, that's important because I'm in fashion and, like – Part of what I wear is like who I am. Yeah. Going to the pool, like I've been to the pool, but I can't get in the water. Can't get in the oh, beach. Oh wow!
1: What? Yeah. What'd you do for showering?
0: Um, you can still shower with it. You just can't you submerge just, it. Yeah. So, but I actually went to the beach anyway, and I would just cover it. And then I accident, like my this guy I'm dating, um, my boyfriend. We were at the beach, and he was like carrying me, and we I, I like kind of fell in, mm. and um. That kind of fucked it up. But I just did all this shit anyway because I'm like – But they tell you. They're like, you can't go to the beach. You can't take a bath. Mm -hmm. You can't submerge it in water. You can't wear perfume. You can't Mm. use mouthwash. I'm still wearing my Chanel perfume every day. I still wear perfume. I was like, you're not taking that away. I still went to the beach. I think I got sand in it because I had to get a new one. But So where's your head at with
1: like – Because it seems like in a sense you're still kind of like – fuck the system, which, like, I get because they fucked you. But, like, where's your head at? Are you still scared, though, of getting rested? Or are you, like, wanting to drink? Like, where are you in your sobriety journey with everything?
0: Yeah. So after, like, I relapsed in September, I went back to being sober because I'm like, okay, I have to do this for real now. Yeah. And part of that was, like, you know, so we can show the court, the judge, like, she actually is sober. Yeah. But – um. And then so in February, I got the ankle monitor on. So I had to be sober February, March, April, May. Yeah, totally forced. Um, So now I'm like seven months sober. And even before like being sober, kind of like after this whole thing happened, Mm -hmm. like I have to be sober. Like I cannot drink. Otherwise, I'm going to end up like in jail. Or dead or killing someone. Well, that's what I'm
1: trying to figure out is, like, I understand the legal Mm -hmm. consequence if you do those things. But in yourself, like, do you you want a change or are you, like, I just don't want to go to jail?
0: Um, No, I definitely want to be sober. I want to stay sober. Um, I realize, like, just, like, it makes me feel, like, I feel so much better. Like, you know, after stopping, like, drinking alcohol, like, your body, like you know, gets rid of all the toxins. Like I lost weight. I feel so much better. Like my head is like clearer. Um, Mm -hmm. like I don't get like, you know, hangover or like anxiety from like hangover, you know, whatever, sad Sunday or whatever you call it. But like, I don't, um, get that anymore. Like I remember everything I do. I have sober friends and like, I can do, you know, anything and stay sober. Like I could go to the club with my girlfriends and like, drink Red Bull all night and, like, have mm-hmm. a good time. Um, yeah. But, like, in the beginning, it was, like, hard to, like, of course. do the, do that kind of thing. But, like, I love being sober and, like, I have to be sober. So, like, it's just not a choice. Like, and I've, I I realize that, like, it, even yeah, if cause I Yeah, because a lot of people
1: – well, when a lot of people get sober, like, yeah. you know, they go to rehab and it's kind of – Yeah. This was, like, rehab forced in your own life without the rehab –
0: Yeah. Like people would ask me like, oh, like, are you in a sober living? Like, are you in a rehab? What rehab did you go to? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, dude, like I did it all on my own, which is like some people, everyone has stories, but, um, uh, yeah, I am in therapy. Um, I just started therapy actually. But like a lot of people who, who you like have to like be sober or Mm -hmm. like in a rehab or like, You know, like their rock bottom was like they were homeless or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, getting the DUI was like my rock bottom where I was like, I have to change my life. Yeah. um, Otherwise. And then, like, my friends, like, I, and I've always known because, like, guys that I dated in New York, like, I dated guys I dated in New York, and then, like, the, my, the comedian guy, and like, I dated a famous actor in New York, and like, I had a period where I would date like 40 year old men. And uh-huh. so, like, these guys were, like, you need to stop drinking. Like, you need to stop partying. Like, you're really self-destructive. And so, like, it's a lot of people have told me this, like, before I got sober. Like, you need to, like, change your life. Like, you can't be doing this, like, because they care about me, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. I, so, then you kind of decide to make this a brand for yourself. The, mm-hmm. you know, ankle Monitor Batty. Have you... Mm-hmm. Has your lawyer?
0: Is, is anyone concerned that like that would have negative repercussions? Um, So, as far as like my lawyer know, because we already went to court, like the, yeah. the deed is done. That's all done with. Now I it's just up have to you. To do, yeah. Like community service and like pay a pay a fee or whatever mm-hmm. the court fee. But actually, I could do community labor instead, which is picking up trash on the side of the highway, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm totally gonna do. um... Because I'm going to make a TikTok
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) for it? Do it.
0: um, So basically how this all, like how the brand or whatever kind of started is for the first like month in February, I was like totally ashamed of it. I was depressed. I was barely leaving my house. I wasn't telling anyone like, hey, I have an ankle monitor. My parents didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And I made a, and then like one day I was like, fuck it, you know? Yeah. And I was going to like meetings and like, in like, and like seeing sober people, I was around a lot of sober people. Like when I went out, like I would be around a lot of sober people and like, they all thought it was cool. Cause like they're sober, you know? And like, they yeah, get empowering. It, but, like normal yeah. people don't think it's cool. Like they judge you. So, um, so then I think it was like March 10th or March 19th. I decided to make a TikTok just to see what would happen just for fun.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I posted the TikTok and then my mom, it didn't go viral or anything like that much. And then my mom was like, um, we got a text, like in the group family, like, oh my God, what happened? My mm-hmm. mom was like, why'd you post that TikTok? And like my family members were asking me. And then I was, I just started posting more about the ankle monitor on TikTok because I thought it was funny. And mm-hmm. a lot of other people do too, cause they watch yeah. it. And so then, like, things started going viral, and I was like, wait. And I was like, okay. Like, one, if Lindsay Lohan can do it, I can do it, the whole Uh thing. And two, like, nobody's on Instagram or TikTok or, like, on the cover of Vogue with an ankle monitor. Uh I'm like, why not? Like, nobody's, um, like, flaunting their ankle monitor. And so I'm like, I'm going to um, because why not? And, like, I also wanted to, like, create awareness about, like, just like having it and like normalizing like, like actually a lot of people have had to have these ankle monitors and like mm-hmm. you know the stigma around like having an ankle monitor or like being sober or like being an addict or an alcoholic just like to raise awareness about that like people judge you people judge people with ankle monitors like I've personally experienced it and then yeah. when you have one like I know, like, a, a girlfriend of mine that I met in my DUI class. Like, she has one, too. And, like, nobody's out there, like, posting about it on the internet. So Stigmatized, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Totally. And so I just started. I changed my name to Ankle Monitor Batty. Like, just for fun. I just, you know, see how you it started owning it, yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, fuck this. I don't care anymore. I'm going to own it. I'm going to start doing photo shoots. Like, I did full-on, like, glam photo shoots. I bedazzled the ankle monitor, and um, I actually, yeah, so my TikTok was growing, and, like, I also work in, like, social media marketing, so I'm, like, yeah. this is a one way to build TikTok brand. and my Instagram, so, like, why the fuck not? Nobody else is doing it, and I think it's, like, a good, um, yeah, a good way to, like, raise awareness and, like, be like it's okay to have an ankle monitor and like if a 100%. job doesn't want to hire me because of my instagram or my tiktok then like they're not the really right
1: fit yeah yeah 100 um
0: yeah and i actually you know i made a tiktok i got a tattoo um mm-hmm. two days ago on my ankle because i got the ankle monitor off but i did, did you get it tattooed. what'd you get do you want to see it yeah okay let's see if you can see it what does it say? It says ankle monitor fatty. Oh, my
1: God. That's so, like, everything for you, you know, because it's right yeah. there. It's where you had it, and it's kind of the whole story. Yeah. permanently how you've decided to end it, how you've decided to kind of claim it as your own.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, after this, I'll start – I'll just talk about, you know, like, sobriety and, like, how yeah. having the ankle monitor changed my life and all of that.
1: I think that that will be great. I think so many people will – relate to that um, yeah well I think you just told your whole story that was fantastic um, what uh my final question that I ask everyone that's totally unrelated is okay people are coming to LA
0: what is your favorite restaurant mm, I really like okay so I like Kazunari they have mm-hmm. that in New York um Sushi Roku what's your favorite thing at one of these spots like what should someone sushi. go
1: okay um, get the sushi at Sushi Roku yeah great.
0: No, I great. think that's so basic. That's okay. If it's what you love, it's what you love.
1: If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you don't like the episode, forget what I just said. And just please don't tell anyone.